Tim Berg here, host of the Above180.com podcast. Had a chance this week to catch up with sports psychologist Dr. Dean Hinnitz. Now, Dr. Dean has worked with some of the best bowlers in the world, including Jason Belmonte, Chris Barnes, just to name a few. Dr. Dean also works with teams, including Team USA and other teams all over the world. So wanted to get his take and perspective on the mental side of bowling and talking about some of the mental roadblocks that many bowlers face when they're out there on the lanes and then even off the lane. So that's all coming up next. Dr. Dean Hinnitz on the Above180.com podcast. High Five Gear is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Online, you can order at www.high5gear.com today. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Dr. Dean Hinnens. Dr. Dean has been a practicing sports psychologist for more than 30 years. He's worked with Team USA down in Arlington, Texas. He's also worked with numerous PBA stars. His latest book is titled Bowling Psychology, A Guide to Mental Mastery of the Lanes. Dr. Dean, it's Tim Berg again. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate being back and getting to, to chat with you again. Yeah, so Dr. Dean, you were talking, uh, messaging to me that you've been doing some work overseas working with the Singapore and Peruvian national bowling teams. And when you work with them versus working with uh, Team USA and working with your PBA players, is there any common thread that you see that, that players kind of struggle with? Uh, from whether they're here or whether they're uh, across the globe. So if we if we talked about common threads, I think that the world over, you know, people to different degrees are feeling, you know, they're feeling pressure from the same kinds of fears, worries, and concerns, and seeking ways to sort of dive underneath that and find ways to be, you know, masterful and effective despite some of the the weather patterns out there that press on them. And so, um, so what would you say then? Because this is something that I know you've you've worked in your your book that came out back in 2016, Bowling Psychology: A Guide to the Mental Mastery of the Lanes. You mentioned and you chronicled in, in that book some of the work you did with Jason Belmonte. But let's take Jason a little bit out of the equation, but still in the equation. There's a lot of talk of two-handers and the negativity around that. So, how do you help coach up a two-handed player? whether they're, you know, behind their back, they're being called cheaters or you're not th- throwing it right in their opinion and air quotes. And how do, how do you help someone get over that and just focus on their task at hand, whether that's, you know, when they're bowling a tournament and out there competing? 
Well, you know, Jason himself talks about it in the in the intro chapters of the book and in, in the part where there's a section on thinking like a champion because, you know, he was he was an amusement to people at best at first. And when he first came over, he describes, you know, being seen as sort of a trick or a toy, almost like uh, uh, something that was an anomaly. And it wasn't until he started, you know, really having results that people sort of backed up. And then, you know, he faced, and he still faces sometimes a fair amount of hostility, ridicule, um, and that sort of thing. And so you have to imagine it's like this. First of all, and we reference Jason again, he poured over that rule book in the beginning to make sure that he wasn't doing anything that was outside of the scope of the sport. And when he found out, no, it's just, it's all inbounds. Once you know that and you're playing a fair game, which you are, um, then you go to the next place. And, and think about it like this, Tim. If a person, if you lived in a place that had funhouse mirrors, so every time you looked at your reflection, it was distorted. Eventually, after hundreds or thousands of repetitions, you, you'd have an image of yourself. You'd go, gosh, my face looks funny or my body's really a strange shape or whatever it is. And uh, you'd have that idea about yourself. And when people have comments and opinions and whether it's the media or people saying things, in, you know, live in the bowling center, they're like mirrors. And if the mirror's flat, meaning they have objective reality, well, then that's helpful. And if it's positive, it's nice, but you got to be careful if you know you have a, a mirror that's too favorable because you, you want to see what there is to see. But if people are negative and judgmental or dismissive or critical, it's like they're that carnival mirror and they're giving you a distorted image back. And it's super important that you learn in your mind to sort of put canvas over those mirrors and say, I know what I am. You've already made an assessment. I know I'm playing within the, the curbs here. I'm in the, within the rules of the game. And more than that, you know, there's a, a wave that I'm a part of. You know, there's a lot of people doing this. But to not stare at mirrors that are going to give you a distorted reflection of who and what you are. Instead, you look for places of support, validation, and truth that really are true. And so along those same lines, let's say you're bowling and um, and you have, you're bowling in a match play type setting and and you have someone who's trying to get into your head, whether that's something you, mm -hmm. you overheard them say or or even they almost kind of said it where they wanted you to hear it. And um, and how, how do you handle something like that? Well, if you think about an um, example that I've given before, uh, if you're pitching a baseball game and somebody who's a, and even at the youth level, even if there was somebody, you know, in the stands who's, was on the other team or they had a player on the other team and they, and they, they start making fun of you or yelling at you or saying something about the way you pitch. If you turn to them and ask them to stop, or if you beg them to stop, or if you, you know, if you pay attention to them, they're going to get bolder, louder, bigger, badder. They're going to enjoy that they got, got to you. And instead, what, what big league pitchers do, which is the same as big league ball players and PBA players do, is they say, I'm going into this environment, you know, if they're prepared, and say, I am going to experience a lot of things. And to know ahead of time, if there's an unruly fan in the stands, I'm not turning to them, I'm not facing them down, I'm not going to out-tough them, I, I'm just going to pitch my own game. And after a while, you start really realizing that all these things are just noise in the bowling center. The only thing that matters is, you know, me, my, my ball, my weight, my balance, and, and the few people who are here truly in my corner. And everybody else is sort of outside of the ropes after that. 
All right, so then you hit on this a little bit, but then let's also hit on a little bit the advice you may have for bowlers in handling the unknowns in our game. It seems like our game, unlike some others, there's always these unknowns that we battle both. It seems like there are a lot of times they are. It's a mental block for folks out there, whether that's an oil pattern, whether that's what how you know what ball should I use, the second guessing yourself, etc. There's two things here to your question. One is uh, one of the things that bowlers have to do is I've got to get very, very clear which parts of this game do I control and which parts don't I? Which parts do I run and which parts do I not run? I don't push the ball down the lanes. I don't I don't roll you know, I don't push it into the pins. I don't tick the pins down with my fingers. There's a part that I do run, which is, you know, finding my balance, feeling that moment to, to set the ball in motion, having my my best both intellectual and intuitive feel for where the line is on spare shots and strike shots. I, I run whether or not I, you know, in my own mind, whether I commit to my faith in my best guess, because that's, that's what it is. You know, there's basically with bowling, it, it, it's like we have dice and we're loading them as best we can to come up with our number. So we watch the ball and we go, okay, here's where I think the shot is. And we pick the surface. Okay. Here's what I think, you know, dull or, or, or shiny. Um, you know, we we pick, you know, the part of the lane. We, we pick the, how hard we have to throw the ball. And each time we make a choice, we say, I'm loading these dice more and more in my favor, knowing that we can have everything right. And this happened to me again in league last week. I didn't shoot 900. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. but uh, <laughs> Yes, sir. I, Okay, so you know we're two peas in a pod. Once again, I didn't shoot 900, even though I I had pretty good guesses. And although I bowled okay, if I do say so, um, all I have is the part I run. This is the part of the game. This is my best stroke. This is my ball choice. And once I know that I only control those things, I'm free. But if you think you run all of it and I must strike or I must have this thing happen or whatever, then you're not free, and you start forcing, pointing, turning. So you make you make friends with this is a part I control, and this is a part I don't. Even after eight or nine in a row, we get into that tenth frame. We go, all I run is the freedom and accuracy of the shot. That's it. I can no more make three hundred happen than the man in the moon. But I can execute to the best of my ability on this line to that to that break point, and then my part's done. Quickly, have to remind folks, if you are heading out to the USBC Open Championships, want to look sharp, so check out h5gbrands.com, High 5 Gear Brands, for your favorite team shirts. You can get five of them set up. You can look sharp together. You can get that little pin that you get so that uh, the participation award you get for all looking alike out there at the Open Championships. So many colors, so many styles, so many different options, no hidden artwork fees, and use a promo code ABOVE180. That'll get you $20 off your order. That's promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your order. Again, check everything out there. They'll walk you through the process of getting those shirts ordered. Very simple, very straightforward. Again, check everything out, h5gbrands.com. Also, bowling this month, BTM Online. Check them out, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. 
If your ball review is on your left-hand side, if you're looking for uh, a new piece to take with you out to Las Vegas, also have lots of great articles to help you get prepared for the tournament, for your physical game, for your mental game, all sorts of great stuff. Bowlingthismonth.com, make sure you check them out. All right, well, Dr. Dean, along those same lines, talk to that uh, talk to that person who who always who's that, who gets off the lanes. Maybe they've finished their league session and they didn't shoot their 900, and they have to make a move, and the move ends up working, but they're like, I shouldn't have had to make that move. You know, I that's not that doesn't make it doesn't compute or doesn't make sense in their head why they had to do something on the lanes, but ultimately it worked. But they're still questioning as to why it worked. I guess you could say. Okay, and you know, we really have two kinds of bowlers, and we can dial it right down to this: you have bowlers who say this is what works, and you have bowlers who say this is what is supposed to work. You know. This is a shot, or you know, this is why I bowl a league every week. This is, this is where the, the shot is always on on leans nine and ten. It's always here, whatever it is, or this kind of oil, or this ball should do this. And and you have other bowlers who just simply say, I have to do. You know, what is being asked of me here? And if you come to bowling with that, with a couple of questions, what am I supposed to master to succeed today? Now, what am I? What should I pay attention to? And if you had one sort of mental game, I don't want to say trick, but skill, it's simply to execute shots and instead of being reactive to them for just a moment, just get still for a moment and say, what am I seeing? Not what am I supposed to be seeing, not as what's supposed to happen, what is happening, whether it's in my body or in the lanes or, or even whether or not you're playing wholeheartedly or you're being a little bit careful and playing not to lose. What's the truth of what's happening? So I guess you could say you have players who can play with the truth and those who play with what the truth is supposed to be. Dr. Dean Hinnitz joining me on the Above180.com podcast. Dr. Dean, let's talk about when you need to make a move and you maybe don't. Maybe you think that it's your execution wasn't where it needed to be, and that's why the ball didn't strike. But how do we gain that confidence to know that, you know, in, in most cases or in some cases, we've made, you know, our execution wasn't as bad as what we thought it was, and we just need to make that move and, and trust that move. Well, you know, we come back to the thing that we just talked about, which is you have a couple avenues to, to know what the truth is. You, you can watch your ball behavior. You can watch the pinfall. You know, most even reasonably experienced bowlers can recognize whether those pins are falling with some energy or whether you, know, whether you have your, your four pin, you know, falling forward. Um but the other, it helps a great deal, I think, to get feedback. We can't change anything without awareness. Like the rule of thumb in the, in the mental game is the rule of thumb of life, which is we can only adjust the parts we're aware of. And we can't do a thing about the parts that we're not. And so whether I have sort of the, the development as a player uh, to, self, to be self-aware Again, and you can only do that by becoming quiet for a moment. Or whether, or if I don't have that, I've got to find somebody, teammate or a coach or anybody who, who I can trust to look at me and say, here's what I'm seeing. And in that case, sometimes you just have to surrender to the truth of what the other person is seeing because you may not be able to feel it inside. So whether it's the lanes, whether it's some part of your execution, whether or not you're holding something back, Without awareness and feedback, we, we are, we're dead in the water. We're stuck with what, what we got. Dr. Dean, in your opinion out there right now, bowling on tour, who has one of the better mental games that we're seeing on display on a weekly basis? Um, 
if we look at just rock solid mental game, if you look at, you know, over the last couple of weeks, Norm, um, and by the way, uh, Norm, if you have a conversation with him, he'll fully acknowledge I get nervous on TV really, you know, I get very activated. And so to him, it's not a matter of like my body has to be perfectly still or perfectly calm, but it is an absolute belief that he doesn't have to prove something like I know what I am. I know what my game is. And if it's my day and I match up, I'm going to be champion. And the rock solid bowlers are not out there proving things. They are already clear about the work they've put in and their worthiness in terms of being, you know, winning, advancing, cashing, whatever it is. And the ones that whose mental games waver oftentimes feel like they don't believe in the, like they have to win to believe in themselves as opposed to you win or advance because you know what you are, you know, self self-belief and self-confidence even precede pinfall. And in fact, then oftentimes create pinfall. All right. Well, f- final question I have for you then, uh, Dr. Dean is, and, um, <laughs> and what would you say the person, the, the person you've worked with, and their biggest struggle that you help someone overcome. And again, you don't have to give a name if you're not comfortable. And I understand you maybe not be able to, but just the, maybe the problem and then where that person is or where they're at right now. I would say the answer to this question is really related to the last one, because some of the the highest level bowlers I've worked with are already spectacular players. And it's, it's learning to make the distinction between just being themselves and, and, and learning the hard, well, probably the hardest part of the mental game after focus, concentration, all those sorts of things is to know that true mental toughness is to be wide open, vulnerable, completely all in with no guarantee of results. And to say, I am so mentally tough that I will go for this completely wholeheartedly to the level of my ability. And I'm going to live with what happens accompanied by a belief that I I am deserving and worthy of the best thing happening if I do match up and it's my day. And those are the shift from not being sure that you're a champion to understanding that you, that it's in you would, would be, you know, one of those leaps and the other shift, which is I'm taking off my overcoat. You're going to watch all of me ball. No, no, no protection because I'm now going to, I am going to be free of other people's judgment. All right, final thing, Dr. Dean Hinnitz, where can folks go to find out more about you, maybe grab a book, or where can we expect to see you coming up here in the near future? Oh, thank you. A couple of things. You know, the book is Bowling Psychology. You can get that, shoot, almost Amazon.com, eBay, um, Bowler's Paradise uh, carries it. I think Storm carries it in their store. Um, And uh, it's got interviews with a lot of great champions. I really like this book. for kids, I'll be at the TurboTech Collegiate uh, Bowling Expo uh, in Detroit uh, coming up for just before Junior Gold. So I'll be doing some clinics there. Have a clinic at uh, Kegel Training Center uh, later in the summer. And uh, I think that's it for on the books right now in terms of clinics and seminars. But I have a website, drdeanhinnitz.com, and post events and that sort of thing there as well. All right. Dean, you hit on something there regarding kids. Uh, quickly, is it... Is it or at what age should you begin working with a child on their mental game? Is that something that can begin once they start once they start bowling, they work on their mental game, or do you wait a little bit to make sure they're 
it's something they're they're interested in and want to want to do and pursue a little bit. Well, you know, the very, very, very first part of the mental game is to be somewhere and to like doing it. And so every time your kid executes something at, when they're when they're super young, no matter what they do, if you're enjoying being with them and you're not making a bad face because they miss or the ball went into the ditch, that's the very first part of the mental game because the mirror in a kid's mind is their parent's face. And so if they look back and you're smiling, even though their ball, you know, didn't strike or did whatever, then they, then they learn to smile inside no matter, no matter what. Later we'll develop performance expectations and, 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 and to improve and all of that. But if you lose the love of what it feels like to, to stand, walk, roll a ball, um, then we sort of lose a piece of ourselves. So that part of the mental game starts right away. And then later, with just a little, and I'm talking about little, little kids, with a little more sophistication as, as they practice, the mental game is simply going up and knowing you have an intention to do something. And so you don't just roll balls. It's I'm here with a mini goal, which is, you know, whether it's to hit my mark or to put a certain roll on, you know, on the ball or whatever it is that, you know, mental game is about, is about having some sort of image or feeling or plan before you execute something. So that can start early and it doesn't have to come with a heavy hammer. All right. Well, Dr. Dean Hinnons, all the best uh, with everything moving forward. And we will certainly catch up with you down the road. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate you uh, connecting again with me.